Everybody, welcome back. This is Inside Fitness Radio Presents Total Fitness Podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm Walter. And today we have a very special guest on. We have John Canlis. So we've had John on the podcast before. He's a great friend of ours. He's a dietitian down in the U.S. of A. If you haven't listened to our podcast with him before, you definitely should go check it out. He is a uh, very intelligent man. Definitely has some good discussions. So we brought him back for another uh, kind of a roundtable discussion today. Um, and like I mentioned, John is a dietitian. He does uh, work within the health and fitness space. So we thought it'd be interesting to kind of chat today a little bit about, you know, a little bit of what's going on with current affairs in terms of the business side of fitness and health, as well as, you know, how the business or recession or, you know, how the economy does actually affect what people do with their health and fitness, whether it becomes something they tend to focus on more or is focus on less. So we thought it'd be a little bit of an interesting topic today. So we'll get right into it. But first off, uh, John, why don't you, uh, you know, introduce yourself to the newer listeners who may not have listened to you before. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me again. It's always really awesome to be here and talk about this stuff. So I am John Campos. I am a registered dietitian based in California. And I've been a dietitian for about eight years. So currently, I run my own practice, private practice, which is the term here. And uh, as far as what I help with, I mainly help people that are trying to uh, lose weight, uh, what we call in the medical world, weight management, uh, type 2 diabetes. And uh, since I'm in the dietitian space, a lot of the people that I help with have medical conditions. So anywhere from type 2 diabetes, um, kidney disease, anything from A to Z in between, those are the type of individuals that I enjoy helping with. Awesome. Yeah, so there you go. So we'll get right into it then. Um, Again, what we wanted to chat about today was business, right? It's not something you hear it all the time. Obviously, if you're in the health and fitness space, you get millions of messages from trainers and coaches and this and that. And obviously <laughs> we're in the space. We know what, what goes on with, uh, within the economy of a fitness and health, uh, job, but to the average person, I don't think, uh, people really realize what kind of goes into being a trainer during this downturn or what even we notice as trainers, what happens during the economy. Right. So one of the first things I want to kind of chat about, and I would love your guys' opinion is first off the actual client, the focus on their health and fitness tends to take a little bit of a hit. Mm. And it's, it makes sense to an extent because mindset is okay. Well, this is more important. That's more important. This is more important, but reality is it's not more important, right? Your health and your fitness should be number one. But again, what do you guys think, even though I know exactly what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I like that what you said. I think you posted something either today or yesterday, something about shifting perspective or yeah, mindset. Yeah, that, was yeah, good, yeah. that really, that really like, okay, well, I'm like, this, this is a good segue into today's uh, podcast <laughs> because, you know, logically, or like we could, like you and all of us think about, hey, Health and fitness should be a priority, but not everyone thinks the same way. And one of the things I really learned is trying to shift someone's mind is really not as as simple as you as 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 we want to. Like we could you could we could tell them all the nutrition education and, and the benefits, but if there's something in their back of their mind or something in their something they're worrying about, and I experienced this firsthand. Um, I noticed, I noticed maybe like a month, month and a half ago, I noticed the client volume that I've been getting has been kind of like 
drastically cut down. I'm like, oh crap, what's going on? What's what? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? So I started kind of like talking to uh, my other uh, dietitian friends, and they all said, oh, don't worry about it. It's the start of the school season. So parents and uh, people that have kids, nutrition and fitness is really not their priority at this moment. They're trying to get ready for their kids. They're trying to get ready for school. They're trying to get for ready for other things other than health and fitness. I'm like, should I be worried? It's like, no, don't worry. It'll pick up and then it will slow down again during Thanksgiving, which is November and during holidays in December here. And it'll peak back up. And then that's what I think, okay, this might be a good topic because of the ups and downs in business. Obviously, as long as your trajectory goes up, there's always going to be like ups and downs in business. So that's what I thought about. Eventually, there's it's not going to be just going up 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 linearly there's always going to be like a spike and uh just before this podcast we talked about uh one of our business coaches having like a slowdown in their in their in their business which is why they're probably inviting us back to their facebook group they're doing uh fitness coaching they're trying to do many things just to spread their 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 business you know because they're trying to get more leads so i thought about that i thought it was really interesting how um, how we were affected by the ups and downs of, of the economy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I don't know. To me, I can certainly understand if you can't pay the rent or you can't buy food, then we are not the priority. But then I always ask, so are you having the food Ubered into you? Like <laughs> how exactly are you buying the food? Because I, it seems to me that a lot of times I'll run into, uh, oh, it's, the times are so tough. I don't have any money for you but I have money for this, this, and this, and the other thing. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to Europe next month. <laughs> um, so, you know, that then becomes, okay, well, how do we uh, help them to realize the importance of their own health? And we can't always do that. That's not always going to happen. Yeah, that's a really that. interesting topic to change their mindset because I had a client turn me down. <laughs> she said, though, I can't afford you now because I bought a Louis Vuitton bag for $2,000. <laughs> I think I posted that. In one well, of there's uh, the priority. Yeah, so but it's really interesting. Is That's it. I mean, I made a post about this last week because um, I was chatting to a an old client of mine who, again, through the entirety of our training together, which was about three years, and we're still good friends, so we chat all the time. We were talking about, you know, as a single mother, the priority is the child. And, you know, I have to give all my energy to the kid and I have to give all my energy to my work because I'm a small business owner and I have three businesses that I run. I mean, she's superwoman, let's be honest. But uh, third on the list is the fitness. And there would be tons of times where it was like, if I did not have to show up to her house at 7 a.m. to train her, if it was like she had to come to me, she had to come to a gym, if it was online coaching or something like that, it wouldn't have happened. There would be a ton of times where she would have fallen off, would have canceled a session, slept through a session, mm -hmm. all this sort of thing. I remember waking her up one time. I was standing outside her door, called her, and I was like, hey, are you up yet? <laughs> we have a session, like, in a minute. You know, are you are you actually up? Nonetheless, I mean, when you have these things, and this is kind of the interesting thing about, again, shifting perspective. If you're a parent, you're expected to focus all your time and energy on the kid. It's kind of society's, you know, you're kind of shamed if you don't like, oh, you're going to go to the gym and not spend an hour extra with your child at night, but you were at work all day or you were, they were at school all day and you could have gone during the day when you had a lunch break or 
Sure, maybe that's true, whatever. But if you're a good parent, let's be honest, how can you be a better parent? You survive, you live a healthy, energetic life. You lead by example. Being the parent that has no energy after work to play with the child, the parent that is eating Doritos and hot dogs and hamburgers every single night, not making time for themselves, not focusing on themselves is going to project onto the child, not in the same way where I could go to Walter and I can say, Walter, you're being a bad parent. <laughs> and he's going to be like, oh, crap, right? The child doesn't see it that way. The child grows up in this, in this sense of, well, I have to give to other people. You know, this is, you know, this is what my parents do. So I'm going to do that. And a child growing up and there is a huge epidemic with obesity in children now and health issues in children now you know, higher estrogen in boys because of the crappy foods that we're eating. They're going through tests, uh, they're going through puberty a lot later. And, you know, all these sort of things are happening because of the foods and the lifestyles that we're living. It's so easy to plop a kid down with an iPad and just say, here, do that, right? That's fine. But the second you tell your friends, well, I plopped my kid down with an iPad so I can go to the gym or better yet, I took my kid to do like a, you know, a kid's class or whatever. So I could do a workout too, or I left them at daycare an hour longer. That's when it's, how dare you be so selfish? Be selfish, be selfish. Okay. 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 I, I, I've <laughs> got two things to say here. First of all, all right. I'm from a generation that was plugged in front of a TV set. So what's the difference? <laughs> Fair you know, I mean, honestly, kids grow up, kids become who they need to be and they will learn things. I, 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 I don't mean leave them alone and they suddenly bloom. But you can take time away from them. And a happy parent is going to make a happy child. Yep. Also, who the hell is this friend and why are you listening to them? <laughs> but no, but this I is mean, it. Change their mindset. The amount of times I have spoken to my, my friend about this, and she has said the amount of shaming she gets, not necessarily from friends, but just online from other people when she's in the gym and she's a mom. Or better yet, you know, she posts a a racier photograph of her, but she's a single mother. How dare you post that when you have a child? So, so what are you saying? Like I, and this is, and again, it all ties into this idea of being selfish, focusing on yourself first. And I think this is, again, this is where we're st uh, starting the conversation off of is when the economy downturns and maybe, you know, it's not the focus anymore on yourself. That is the worst thing that you can honestly do for yourself, in my opinion. You need to be working on your physical health to stay healthy because this is going to end. And what happens when it does end? Are you still going to be in shape? Or are you going to have to spend even more money, develop health problems or whatever it might be? But let's realistically look at this. Fitness and exercise is one of the best mental health medicines, if you want to call it that, that you can do. If you're having a stressful day, you go to the gym and you feel a lot better. And you're able to organize your time better. You're able to deal with the issues at hand a little bit better. You're able to clearly think about what is going on in your life and figure out issues or problems uh, or figure out those problems and solve them a little bit easier. I would agree that with that statement that parents are ashamed for not spending enough time with their kids. I have, I have uh, clients that are parents and I even have a hard time trying to convince them what the right thing is. Could I tell them, you know, I, I, maybe I'm doing it from a logical perspective that you're not abandoning your kids. You're not, you're not, um, 
you're not leaving them alone completely. You can leave them. You can you can take time off for that hour or two or whatever that is for a certain amount of time throughout the week and still be okay. Like it's not gonna. It's not abandoning them. It's not mistreating them. You know, there's a fine line with that. If you if you if you have these cases where you leave your kid every single time for hours and hours on end, then yeah, I can see where where that might be something uh, something suspicious. But if it's something like an hour, two hours, a couple of times a week spread around for your health and fitness, I really don't see a problem with that. And a lot of parents have, at least here in in, in here in the United States, we have this culture of um, parent shaming. Parent shaming where you don't spend enough time with your kids, you have to spend a lot of time with them. And I don't really know. I think it, I don't really don't know how, how, how that works. I, I wish I could kind of go into a mother's head or a father's head. Cause I've heard that term before guilty, guilty. I feel guilty. I feel guilty. And I know, I know you guys have worked with, uh, with parents and how do you guys convince someone to take a mindset shift? Cause it's kind of hard to crack it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Just to quickly interject here before Walter uh, starts, it took her almost three or four years of training and talking about this. And there's still times where she says to me, she's like, I still feel guilty a little bit. Mm. The sun's getting older, you know, times are changing and she, she has shifted completely, but it's, it's a lot of work. It takes a long three, uh, three to four years. That's a long time, Matt. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's there's other things going on obviously but it varies person to person right yeah i can t- I, I i agree that it does take a long time because um convincing someone that it's the right thing to do when everything around us tells us it's the opposite you know it's that's a lot of it's, it's an uphill battle definitely especially when it's cultural too right mm-hmm. i think white Caucasian kids growing up, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, the culture, um, at least growing up with my parents and my friends who were white, it was, it was a different thing, but I knew for a fact that all my Indian friends or my Asian friends or, uh, you know, whatever culture they grew up in religious wise, or, um, you know, from different countries, there was a lot more family dynamic there. Food is a huge, uh, thing too, where it's, you know, if families, eat together families celebrate like you have to eat this you can't say no you know actually one of the things with my grandmother you know italian grandmother you need to finish off the plate and then you have to have more (laughs) right yeah yeah so this carry and again when you're young and have a brain that's full of nothing and this is your authority figures telling you like this is the way life is that gets stuck in your head from the age of zero all the way up to you're an adult now. And you finally realize like, Oh crap. I didn't even think that this was, you know, guilty or this is, you know, the wrong way of thinking about my health and fitness, you know? And that's why so many eating disorders, and I'm sure you could talk to this about eating disorders when it comes to, you know, having to finish off your plate. I have clients that actually do that in different severity. I have clients where they grew up in a poor household so what they would do is like they would like now they have they have they have plenty of money to spend so they would spend all the foods and and junk foods because they're the foods that they never had when they were growing up i also had clients where they are they grew up poor 
And so now when they have excess food, they feel bad throwing it away. It was as if like, they have to finish off their plate and their food because throwing it away is bad, even though it's counter to what they're trying to achieve, whether it's weight loss, managing their diabetes, or mm. any, any of the both. I also have clients where they're ashamed for not eating whatever is in their, is on their plate because when they were kids, they were programmed to, to eat everything on their plate. And it makes it an interesting dynamic. And um, a lot of these clients are, they're not white. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these clients are the, the Indian, Asian, Chinese. They're kind of like the, the, the Asian cultures that are, are family oriented that want to stick to that. And I started thinking about it, man, it is, it is really a thing where kids really hold on to their values, which is even more important during a downturn like this to show up when it comes to health and fitness. Because if you don't, kids are going to pick that up. And kids, when they're like four or five, they're sponges. You know, you always want to make it a priority, uh, whether it's like an up, whether it's an up or a down or whichever you, you, you your, your, the economy is. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I, I, you know, I mean, I was raised by two people who lived through the Great Depression. Mm. And so you had to eat everything that was on your plate because they grew up sometimes without food. You know, my grandmother would cringe if I, if she heard me say that. But I mean, yeah, it was, it was rough for them. Um, but then, you know, my generation got all the money and had a great time. And so they start to slowly forget about it. Um, whereas I think in, in other cultures, it still is something, especially immigrant cultures where people are coming over and going through that now because they're starting over. So they're dealing with the same sort of sensations. But I mean, you know, my experience with a lot of my other cultured friends has been wanting to get away from the over-controlling family dynamic that they sometimes have. If they want to make changes happen and they can't, you know, because they can't because they're, they'll, they'll be shamed or they'll be shamed by their family because, you know, what do you mean you don't want to eat more? What do you mean you don't want this? Don't you know I love you? Uh, it's it's it. hard to break away from the toxic. And that's kind of it too. I mean, With when you're love. growing up, yeah. You know? To them, it's love. To you, it's. You know, in this day and age, we realize now that a lot of what we grew up on or a lot of people, what they grew up on. And I have tons of clients that are realizing this now. It's like, oh, that was a parent being really toxic or emotional manipulation or abuse <laughs> even. Like there is some extremes there. It was like there was abuse um, and it's suppressed. And then you start asking the right questions. And this is why I don't, you know, if you look at my Instagram bio, it's not a fitness coach. It's a self-improvement coach because this is it. I mean, fitness is the starting point to open up that can of worms, in my opinion. Right. And you start asking all these questions and you start telling them like, you know, what was, what was a normal family dinner for you? How did it go? What was the habits and the routines around that? And that's when you start realizing it was like, well, on a good day, mom and dad were sitting together. They were chatting. You know, I cooked the food. I helped mom cook the food. I cleaned up after. And that was a good day. And then dad would go and, you know, he would go do his thing. He would go smoke his cigarette and drink his beer. Or he would go watch TV or whatever. 
And I was like, why do you say a good day? Oh, well, because I guess on a bad day, it was, you know, there was a lot of fighting. Sometimes a woman gets to eat and I, or better yet, you know, there would be a lot of plate smashing and my dad would run out of the house and my mom would be crying and then she would take it out on me. I was like, and then it kind of comes out these ways. And she's like, oh, I, you know, I never really said that before. Mm. And again, I'm using a generic mm. example, but I've had clients tell me similar stories where it's like, I didn't even think about the way that my husband reacted to his workday has brought up this trauma of me overeating because I am so stressed out that even though there's no fighting, our, our marriage is incredible. But this this uh, this trauma that he brought home and this stress that he brought home has brought up that childhood in me and has made me relive my my past. And that's why last night I ended up binge eating. And it's like these smallest things that people don't even realize. And that's what, where it becomes really important mm -hmm. to A, understand, again, we're getting off topic a little bit here, but to understand these cues and these triggers and all that, but to really dive into, again, you know, why health and fitness is so important like this is something you should not be giving up ever it is something that will not get easier either and i think and i'll go into more depth uh in a little bit but i know you guys want to chat about this but it is it, fitness and health never gets easier and i don't think life ever gets easier <laughs> a job never really gets easier you just learn how to do it levels. Yeah, just like with, you know, with, with getting bigger like muscle wise and getting stronger you have to put more effort each and every level. The goalpost always and moves, right? Why would you want it to to stagnate at any level? A job, fitness, anything. You want growth to happen. Um, the economy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, you want to keep trying to be challenged by life. So your job, well, wow, I got this new project. It's really amazing. It's going to be very difficult, but I'm, gonna, I'm really looking forward to it. As opposed to, well, I've got this new thing happening at work and it's going to kill me. It's going to be so rough. I mean, the challenge is the thing. I like to think it's going to be harder to work out because I'm adding more weight or doing whatever. I'm challenging myself in new ways. Not just because I'm getting older, mm -hmm. but that is also part of it. Because workouts have to change for me as I continue to age. I won't be able to do the same things. So what can I do to make it fun and keep it challenging and keep my health up? You know, if you don't start that at your age, I won't say that. <laughs> the earlier, because I didn't, right? I started yeah. when I was in my 50s. Yeah. But if you start, the earlier you start, the more joy you're going to get out of all of that. And right. that includes watching what you eat. But watching it in a good way. It's not watching it from negating things it's watching it and being i get to have this i'm going to have this i'm going to treat myself to this wow this salad was incredible mm -hmm. with the protein and with everything else that i added into it i learned a new thing you know once you get into that routine too of or not sorry routine uh into that mindset of realizing that working out is not a punishment for the calories you ate or it's not like the reason why you're going to be losing weight or gaining muscle. You look at, I'm doing this because I want to be stronger. I'm doing this because I want to be healthier. I want a better heart. I want to avoid diabetes. I want to avoid higher blood pressure, cholesterol, all this stuff. That's what the workouts are for. Make it fun. 
if that's you actually get... one of the one of it's actually one of the reasons why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Uh, diabetes and heart disease run very strong in my family, and you would never ex expect it from me. But you know, I went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, and my lab values were like not in a good place. And you would never expect that from me working out. I'm like, holy crap. You know, so I pulled out all my nutrition knowledge. I'm like, what is it, what is it going to take? Well, I did the math. Okay, well, it's going to take a calorie deficit initially, and then I have to build tons of muscle. You know, I'm like, okay, so, but I feel like I'm kind of stuck now. So what else do I need to do? So I contacted my friend that's a dietitian, recommended like a like a physique coach specifically just to build to get as jacked as possible to to kind of you know mitigate those health risk factors, the diabetes and heart disease, because it was it was it was getting up there for me. And you would never expect that for me, like working out and exercising. But I'm just going in an uphill battle, which is why fitness and health should not be like in a downturn economy that should not be put last. If anything, I should always be up first, second. That's always be one of the priorities in your life. So well that's that's like me. I mean you look at me, especially back in the day, I think it was 20 when I first discovered I had a heart problem. Mm. I think I was 22 when I had a minor heart attack. Oh, shit, you did. Uh, well, there you go. You <laughs> <laughs> did? Yeah. yeah. And that's it. People are like, what? Look at you. I'm like, yeah. But again, genetic heart issue that I had no idea about. And I was only focusing on the weights and my cardio was just doing walks on an incline or the elliptical, not like high intensity which is what wow. i do now which i need to do and obviously i was you know i was bodybuilding at the time so gaining a bunch of weight losing a bunch of fat and putting myself through these crazy diets and all that wasn't helping what either. Jack, man yeah <laughs> <laughs> right so uh but it wasn't helping that either so it was like okay i want to live a decently long life i would like to think uh or i would hope so knock on wood um how am I going to make sure that happens? Right. And the, and I'll talk to people my age because I have experience obviously with friends and I chat a lot with people my age. A lot of people my age just want to look good. The reason they're going to the gym is to attract a person to them or to be able to overcome that childhood bully. Whoops. Um, <laughs> you know, calling them skinny or fat all the time right? It's mainly for that reasons, the aesthetic reasons. We don't really look at ourselves and be like, we're 20-ish, we're, you know, 25 now, I'm mid-20s, late-20s, getting into my early 30s. I'm not looking at health problems, because why would I? I'm, in I'm indestructible. I bounce back. I mean, in the past year alone, I've had like seven major injuries, and I'm still, and I just got another. I just tore my meniscus, and I sprained my MCL. I saw that. I'm like, and, yeah. boxing. <laughs> and it's like, am I worried about it? No, because I know I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to do the proper rehab and all that stuff. That's one reason. The second reason is like, because I always bounce back. I'm in, I'm indestructible, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if I was, you know, if I was in my late 30s or something like that, that's when it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> I need to be, because I know for a fact my body would not be able to recover as well as it does now. But I have that foresight to realize that, whereas a lot of people in my age category tend to not worry about health and fitness in terms of actual health and fitness. And that is a huge problem because this is where we build it up. So again, when we get to Walter's age, 
we can look as good as him and be, you know, a tank when it comes to biking. Rudy, swimming, Rudy, you're, the, you're the goal. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, the goal. Well, but I have, I have another goal. He's 90 and he's a bodybuilder. That's my goal. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's the thing. You, you don't want to think in terms of short life. You know, I mean, most of my clients are older and have reached the point where they're going like, holy shit. I got another 30 years. I better do something. You know, I mean, barring some disease or a car accident or something, we're living longer. You know, do you want to live your life longer, unable to do things? Or do you want to live a longer life, able to enjoy it? Like, I want to ride my bike till I'm 120. I don't care. That's my goal too, man. Yeah. And that's, it's, uh, that's where I get like mid 30 clients coming to me and they're like, well, I, I went to bend over to pick up a pencil yesterday and I threw my back out and I realized that I'm not recovering the same as I did when I was 20 and threw my back out <laughs> or I'm making a lot of weird noises when I get out of bed in the morning or what's even worse is my dad was 57 or 60 or whatever, mid fifties, early sixties, had a heart attack and died because his lifestyle caught up to him. And I was like, Oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah. He was in, he was totally fine. All of a sudden he just, you know, had a heart attack one day. And that's how quick it can really happen too, because looking on the outside, and this is, again, we'll get into another topic one at a time, because we have talked about this before in a previous podcast, health at every size kind of thing. Metabolically, if your stomach is bigger than your chest size, and this is a very basic, you know, you know, sizing guide, but if your stomach is larger than your chest size, you are metabolically unhealthy. Now, a blood test on it may not show that. And so you have all these people that will be like, well, I'm healthy because, you know, my blood tests are fine. My labs are fine. My heart's healthy for now. And that's the key word for now. You're fine for now. What is going to happen in five years? Because a lot of issues can really almost seem like they develop overnight because you don't notice it developing slowly and slowly and slowly until, and Walter, yeah, yeah. So last week, John, I went to the eye doctor and was told that I have cataracts that have to be removed. Oh. And there are two kinds of cataracts, the fast developing ones and the slow developing ones. So I have the fast developing ones. Oh, About yeah. three months ago, I started to take my glasses off and clean them all the time. And they never got any cleaner. And it always seemed that they were kind of smudged. And then it got worse and it got worse. And now, um, outside with the sunlight, there's a definite blindness that's happening. Because the cataracts are there. So they're growing very, very fast. And and who would have thought? You know, I thought, there's nothing wrong with my eyes other than the fact that I need glasses. I have no problems at all. And then within a month and a half, boom. Is that so, like, is there like a surgery how to get rid of that or like medication? They make a, an incision in the eye. They put in a little bit of fluid. The fluid dissolves the, uh, the cataract. They remove that and they put in another lens. And then they suture if they have to, but usually it's just a little bit of glue and, and fix the eye. And you're out in five minutes. Wow. It's like, oh, okay. Wow. But the bonus is <laughs> I can get rid of these once I'm done because the surgery corrects the eye issue, my, my uh, nearsightedness. So it's like laser. Wow. Two so, for one. But for one. here, paid for by the government 
but I will say this to Walter. He is lucky because, you know, there is a very fast cure, I guess you could call it, right? You recognize it, like it, it happened fast. You recognized yeah. it. And when it comes to health and fitness, when it comes to like heart disease, higher blood pressure, diabetes, um, a lot of the symptoms just feel some like cancers. some cancers. They just feel like everyday things, especially if you have lived your twenties and thirties, very, you know, hardworking, not really ever taking time off work. So you're tired a lot. Um, you're constantly going out for dinners because you need to, you know, improve your hardy, business. Hardy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going out and partying, but then, you know, you're like, ah, oh, I'm just tired. Ah, uh, maybe it's, you know, for women, ah, uh, you know, it's, close to my time of the month I'm, I'm really tired probably because of that and then for men it's like oh i'm tired because you know i got eight hours of sleep last night and i need my nine or i didn't <laughs> sleep all the way through the night. but all these symptoms and you know we joke about this but like realistically these symptoms are excuse me are stuff we feel every day Lith lethargic fatigue you know a little bit more overweight a little bit more emotional like all these hormonal things that we just chalk up to, oh, I had a bad day. Oh, my life's too stressful. Ah, oh, this, ah, oh, that. This is where these, like, those are the telling warning signs. You are not supposed to feel tired all the time. You are not supposed to feel tired every single day of your life. If you do not have the energy from when you wake up to when you go to bed, and yes, there might be a 15, 20 minute gap in there where you feel a little lethargic, but if you're feeling tired the second you wake up and sit down at your desk and you start working and you just need three coffees to get through the day, that is your body telling you, you need to do something. Otherwise, you are not going to have a long life. Yeah, I have clients like that. They're, oh, I feel tired. I always feel tired. I don't have a lot of energy. And these clients are in their 20s, in their 30s. And, oh, I just want to work. I, I just work and I come from home and I'm tired or I have my kids. But at the, at the end of the day, I'm tired. And I always tell them, you know, even even if you're working hard, even if there's like a slowdown in, in your work, you'll need to always put your yourself or your fitness and your health all the time first because it's it's you. Whatever you go, you carry you. You know, no one can depend on you uh, when you're sick. When you're have it, when you're when you have a disease, whether it's diabetes or heart disease, no one can no one can be dependent on you as much. So I try to yeah. emphasize that sometimes it, it it works, sometimes it doesn't, and you know working on them. And I, sometimes I only work with them for a couple of months, and sometimes they work, sometimes I get through them, sometimes I don't, which is like the frustrating part. And I feel bad because can't make that change, but you always want to like change them, like just shake them like this, like this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, that's might a, not be a good idea I <laughs> but, but yeah i know and i mean you can't break down a life of being taught to think a certain way because of family because of whatever other other reasons um immediately just by saying okay yeah change this this and this it ain't gonna happen it's got to be the slow change and you've got it we've got to work through that and some people won't make it Listen, I work with addicts and I work with drunks, getting sober, getting clean, you know, and you can go through like a year of uh, your life improving and then bang, one bad day and you're back out on the street again, you know, 
So we're worried about people not eating properly or exercising properly, but there are other people who are dying because they can't stay clean. So um, changing a human's mind is a huge endeavor on our part. All we can do is keep trying. Yeah. You know, work at it, work at it, work at it. All right. Well, you convinced me now, Walter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep at it with my clients. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, gently, gently. You can't be like, but you know, all we, all we can do is try. You know, and there will be those we succeed with, and those we don't succeed with. That's their journey. And I mean, we all got into this for a specific reason, and I'm very certain it's similar to the reason I got into this. I wanted to help people experience a better life. Yeah. fitness gives you a better life because if you were not fit and shit goes sideways, let's be honest, it goes really sideways. So yeah. at least you do have these, you know, escapes. You have this anchor in your life that is allowing you to, you know, build from. And that's what I want to show to people. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way. So mm -hmm. that's all we can do is sometimes, again, sometimes it's, it's not us. It's just, we can't, we can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped sometimes. Right. And as much as I do want to spend time and help them, I know that my resource and my, uh, my knowledge is better suited to somebody who is realizing, Oh crap, I do need help. Yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes it is a little depressing because we do want to help everybody, but it's like, okay, well, I, you know what? Sorry, John, I can't help you. Dang it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to help Walter instead. He's he actually wants this. So, <laughs> and that's where it comes down to, right? And it's just the way it is. You know, you're not you, we're not all unless you're polyamorous, you know, everybody to each their own. <laughs> but, you know, like you are not going to marry every single guy, girl, they them you date. You're not. You're going to marry the one person that you're like, "Wow, that's the right one." They said the right things. They made me feel real good, right? And fitness and health can kind of be the same way, whether it be with a trainer, a coach, or whatever, but also with what you're doing in the gym, the diet that you choose to follow, the way you are exposed to it. Because again, I mean, you can get into fitness in a very abusive way to yourself, or you could have an abusive coach, you know? Look at all these gymnastics and hockey players and well, really abusive look, coaches. Look at the right? hockey situation today. Well, that's why I brought it up, right? But yeah. up in up in Canada, there's there's some bad things going on with Hockey Canada. So that's what we were chatting Steroids about. So. Or... No, no, no. Uh, I wish it was that small. Uh, oh, no, it's bigger? it's sexual assault allegations. Oh, and I see. Years of money going into protecting a lot of these players for bad wow. things that they did. <laughs> so um, that's, that is bad, man. Very bad. But again, you're brought up in this culture of you know. I can get away with this because of this or, you know, sometimes it's like I have a really abusive coach in the sense of, you know, emotional abuse. Like you're a piece of shit if you can't do this, if you can't score two goals a game or you can't, you know, Boxing Canada just speaking up, you know, Boxing Canada just went through something, you know, allowing fighters to fight with concussions. Okay. And all these fighters came out being like there was abusive and it made them fall out of the sport. It's like, you know, a lot of kids with promising careers in boxing fell out of the sport because of bad coaches and this is why we do try to put out the best information we can and to try to make fitness as inclusive as we can, because it is for everybody. Mm. It's just understanding what style is best for you. Who's, you know, John will 
be a better coach to somebody than I would be. Walter's going to be a better coach to somebody than I would be. So it is understanding. And this is why I just hope that in the business of fitness and health, that these coaches realize that you can't have everybody focus on what you are good at helping and kind of stay within that lane because all this misinformation, all this, well, I'll help you. I'll help this. I'll help that. It is leaving a lot of people stranded. And that's kind of my last point. So I agree with that one too. Reminds me of uh, business coaching. Stay, find your niche. And yes. That, right? Well, that's it. That's right? it. Because you find your niche and you find the people, your people that you like to help and are able to help. Because that, just like a health and fitness coach or like just like a business coach, you can't help everyone that has the same problem with that. That had the that had that wants to grow their business. You have to kind of like tailor your message to them like one coach one business coach will be good for one and one will not be good for virtual one will be good for math one will be good for me and that when you brought that up it kind of like kind of just clicked in my head oh yeah there is diff- there's this different there's a different business coach or there's a different coach for someone uh, someone out there you just kind of have to find your your groove and your rhythm absolutely i think too you have to you have to get better at recognizing the people who are good for you you know the clients who will come to you we start off, and certainly Matt and I did training in the big box that we were training in, where it's like, you got to get a client, you got to get a client, you got to get a client. It doesn't matter what niche it is. Whoever heard of a niche, just get a client, make a sale. Um, and sometimes you're so busy looking for that one who's going to buy that you forget about the eight people who talk to you. Well, if you just spend a little more time with them, they would they would come to you and say, they want to buy. Yeah. You know? Because those are the clients who should be with you. Mm. When I think of all the all the time I wasted trying to get young guys to let me train them. Yeah. When there were all these older folks who were watching what I was doing and wanted to see what I was doing. All the people that that I wanted I wanted to get the bodybuilders and because that's what I was doing. That's what I liked training. But every time I would talk to somebody about health and fitness, it would be like this, you know, it'd be the longevity, it would be about self-improvement, mental health, all that. I had so many people back in the day, just like Walter said, you know, I had like five to eight people at any given time talking to me for like 30 minutes about their problem. And I'm here like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm chatting with them and I'm just in my head. I'm like, you know, I'm my ideal client, right? Well, I'm not even thinking of that for one. I'm like, yeah, but you know, for one, it's like, I'm just thinking this is a conversation. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not thinking, how can I help them? I'm just trying to listen and give the advice I can. Yeah. Whereas, and and again, you go through this when you're learning the business, but uh, that's what I was doing. And then I turn right around and I look across the gym and I was like, Ooh, he wants to be a bodybuilder. Let me go chat to him. <laughs> and it would never work out. And that's, you know, I've gone through this recently and Walter, uh, actually an old client of mine, sorry, um, uh, pointed this out. And I was chatting to Walter about this. I am not the type of coach that goes online and says, John, you're being stupid. You're being lazy. Get in the gym. Just go. It's not that hard. I'm not that David Goggins. I'm not the Wes Watson, you know, (laughs) these Jocko Wilkin type super macho men. I'm not that guy. And I don't even believe I'm that guy. But I was posting content about that. And I actually had one of Walter's clients who I, I know be like you know say something about that i had an old client of mine tell me like you're being stupid why are you posting this shit this isn't you <laughs> and i was like well because my coach yeah. told me to post it he said it might uh, actually help here we go. right and i was like yeah you're, I was, you're creating clickbait 
I was creating, that was it. I was creating clickbait so I could get the attention of certain. And I was like, you know what? Every time I've had good clients come to me was when I was just talking about myself, showing my personality and listening to what they wanted to, uh, they wanted uh, help with. And that was it. And I didn't even have to look for clients half the time. They would just kind of, it would almost seem like they fell into my lap. Right. And that's a lesson to be learned for the client listening to this. Make sure you're actually listening to the right coach. Who you follow on Instagram is incredibly important. If your goal is to be a bodybuilder, then follow the bodybuilders. If your goal is to just lose weight in a healthy, sustainable manner, follow that weight loss coach. If you were trying to improve your life, if you're a busy person, if you were trying to get healthier, you're trying to build better routines, mindset, follow me. <laughs> if you're looking for a longevity coach, if you're looking for health and building strength and feeling confident, and maybe you're getting older in age, Walter's your guy. If you're having type two diabetes, if you have higher cholesterol, blood, uh, blood problems, and nutrition is the number one thing that you realize you need help with, John is your guy. And these are the type of people that you need to be following. You need to be listening to. Unfortunately, the guys was a Hollywood actor. <laughs> I said with muscles with a <laughs> ton of do this, a ton of uh, extra substances that he had to put in his body to gain forty pounds of muscle in a month. Extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. Hamburgers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my last point. Did you guys okay. have anything else to say? Or that was, uh, I think we covered quite a bit here. I think we actually covered the second topic we were going to talk we about. We definitely did. Yeah. More than the first one we were going to talk about. We did, but yeah. here's the thing. If you keep your eyes open and you listen and you just do a really good job, you will be able to withstand the ups and downs of, of the economy. I, I firmly believe yeah. that the universe will feed us the clients that we need to have. They will show up when they need them, when we need them. Um, in the meantime, keep yourself busy, do other things, keep your eyes open for clients, and just carry on with your life. Because it's I like not that all advice. Make more money, make more money, make more money. I yeah. actually like that advice because I've done some reflecting, and in our other. Uh, Facebook uh, or other business group coaching group when we were all together I looked I, I I surveyed people that are still doing the business coaching and when I, I counted the the number of people that are still doing the business coaching or business, the online coaching or fitness coaching a surprising what surprised me was that less than half still were still doing it you know in our cohort uh, with with the business coach, less than half were doing it, and it res what what you res what really resonated with me. What you just said is that just keep yourself busy and just just keep your eye on the clients that may need your help, and just keep at it, keep at it. Because if someone has told me, you know, because if someone has told me to 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 just keep going, keep going, keep going, I would never believe them. Because sometimes you have your self doubt, you know, mm -hmm. doubting yourself. And eventually you'll give up. And I see a lot of the people that we were with, but half of them gave up already. And I'm like, holy yeah. shit. It's, it's... I saw a lot that actually like changed industries. Like change industries, like different niche or different? No, no, changed industries out of fitness and health. Like switched up. And switch or? <laughs> <laughs> like which, what kind of not industry? That. Not about? that, not that. No, I mean like. They, only they fans. Oh, only fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they went out and got other jobs. 
like doing things that they didn't necessarily want to be doing or the reason they got the coach in the first place so they could quit their accounting job or something like that. I'm not going to name names, but yeah, you know, I don't want to put anything out there, but I've seen a lot of people just give up on I've, this I've dream. seen a lot of people give up in our cohort. I've seen when I did the math, it's around 40 to 50%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad too, because I mean, a, for one, it's the dream to do this and they were doing a great job, but yeah, when these times get tough, it, they get tough. I mean, that's the point of being a but, business owner. But is it the dream? Well, that's it. If it was the dream, you would push through no matter what, right? My dream was to be an actor and I went to acting school and I spent a whole (laughs) fucking lot of money. And and then I I tried and I tried and I tried, but I did give up. Mm -hmm. I did give up. So did I really want it that badly? Was it really my dream? Yeah. You know, my dream now is to do what I'm doing, but it's evolved. It was to be the busy, busy uh, trainer all the time. And now my writing career has taken off and I really want to see how many people I can help with that side of the business as well. I could so argue that you're still in the same industry, though. True. So I, th- I think that's what my point, the different uh, difference with that was. But you, you make a great point. I mean, there is definitely, yeah, you do evolve through the years. You change perspective. Again, we chatted okay. about this earlier, but you do switch perspective and change perspective. I'll make another point. I'll make another point. I was involved with several multi-level marketing and you start off and you you believe the hype and and i in some cases i think actually it is a good business model for the right person who's got the stick-to-itiveness and the drive to be able to do it if the product is good there has to be a good product but how many people do i know who got involved and after about a year they weren't doing it anymore because the constant no 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 thanks no oh my god it's so-and-so run the other way drove them out of that business now put yourself in 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 you're trying to be a coach and you're doing all this stuff and you're dming people like mad and you're trying <laughs> to make contact and you're getting no 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 maybe you quit yeah because it's just too hard to hear those words all the time it's hard to keep going when 99 percent of the time you all you hear is rejection so i yeah I understand why people quit, you know, because this is a long yeah. game. It's a long-term game, you know? So yeah. There you go. Just to clarify, because he is drinking out of a beer glass, it looks like. That's not beer. That's a fizz drink. It, is, it actually is a beer glass. Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> I'm like, the sober man is not drinking a beer. Just no, that out no, it's, it's actually tang. There you go. Um, <laughs> but No, I haven't had a drink in 32 years, so. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, but I mean, we've, we've gone on for about an hour here, so I think a good time to uh, call it would be now, but uh, we just enjoy talking. uh, Well, that's it. That's the problem. We can just keep talking for hours, but as always, I mean, John, we always want you back on with uh, you always bring great insight and great, great topics. So uh, that's basically it for today, guys. If you did enjoy John, please let us know. If you hated him, let us know more so we can kick him <laughs> off the show. <laughs> Joking. But uh, if you want to hear more from uh, John, I mean, because we do, uh, if you guys have topics that you want all three of us to cover, uh, we'd be more than happy to uh, hear those suggestions. You know where to find us. You can find us right below here. And John is right beside his name. You can find him online there. And again, guys, if you do have any questions for both Walter, myself, or John, feel free to DM us. Stay safe. 
Stay breezy. Take care.